Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we have a great message for you. It's called Righteousness Under Fire, and it's coming out of Acts chapter 4. And uh, today I'll be reading out the King James Version in Acts chapter 4. And if if you have your Bibles and you want to read along with me and kind of follow this lesson, um, just go ahead and get your Bible and open it up. You can pause the podcast and come back, but we're going to go through the entire chapter of Acts chapter 4 today. And Starting out with with, uh, verse 1, I'm just going to start out there. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple, the Sadducees, came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now let me back up and read that and kind of uh, go over that just a little bit because the first verse there says, and as they, talking about Peter and John, in the very first, uh, in the uh, third chapter, the the previous chapter here in Acts chapter 3, <clears throat> Peter and John were, uh, they had come out and they was walking through the uh, courtyard there close to the temple and nearby there was a crippled man, been crippled for life, and he was asking for alms, and he and he looked up at Peter and asked him for alms, and Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give to you freely. And he looks at him and he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, and the man got healed. And that's where the religious folks jumps in, and, and they start wanting to tear things apart. So in this particular chapter here, uh, starting with verse 1, it says, And as they, talking about Peter and John, spake unto the people, the priests, the captains of the temple, the Sadducees came upon them. This was the religious folk. Those people thinking highly of themselves came upon them and they were grieved about the fact that Peter and John was teaching the people about this man named Jesus and talking about him being resurrected from the dead. You can imagine that something good has taken place here and all of a sudden, instead of rejoicing with them and having fun with them and uh, throwing a party and rejoicing that this man's been healed after all of his life of being crippled, they jump in there, the religious folks jumps in and they decide that they want to find something wrong with this. So can you see where the reason for offense comes from? Satan's problem is not with the church because a lot of people in the church themselves, they get offended too easy about things and they, they get offended and they hold on to offense and they start playing on the devil's side. They don't realize that the devil's using them to bring uh, dissension among the church, but Satan's problem's not with the people in the church. The, Satan's problem was with the mention of the name Jesus. Peter and John had mentioned the name Jesus and good things started happening to people around and then all the people around witnessing what the name Jesus did was changing folks and causing them to turn away from the way that the church normally did things. And that's that's what opened up this whole can of worms here that the uh, religious folks was starting to get upset about. Oh, wait a minute. My position is challenged. Uh, my my uh, status here in the church is going to be challenged because I've worked all my life here as a uh, Pharisee. I've worked in the temple. I've been the high priest maybe in all these years. I've not laid hands on somebody and them jump up from being, you know, that guy's been in front of the temple the whole time. His whole life he's been right there in front of the temple. These Pharisees and Sadducees, the high priest, all these guys, they could have walked out there at any time they wanted to and laid hands on that guy and said, rise up and walk in the name of Moses or rise up and walk in the name of God Jehovah. But they never, not one time did they ever go out there and try to heal that man. But now that Jesus Christ has stepped on the scene in the name of 
of uh, Jesus Christ, Peter and John walked out and, and laid hands on that man and commanded him to get up and walk. And he got up and walked in the power and the, uh, the name of Jesus Christ. And now the religious folks are having problems for that. And we go down to verse 3, and they, talking about the religious folks again, laid hands on them. In other words, they seized Peter and John. And they put them, they put Peter and John in hold until the next day, for it was now even tied. In other words, they uh, this word hold here, uh, I went to the uh, concordance and looked this up. This word hold here is the same thing as we would use in the English language as the, as the word custody. They took them into custody. They arrested them. The Greek concordance used the word uh, teresis according to... Uh, its use is uh, it's putting them in a place of detention or putting a keep on them. And this keep is commonly known as a means or a method as to halt someone or a group from advancing their agenda. So it could be said like this, to keep them from achieving their goals. So the religious folks put a halt on Peter and John to try to stop them from spreading the name of Jesus Christ. So that's what they did there in verse 3. And we go down to verse 4. Uh, and it opens up with how be it. And that word right there, how be it, if you look that up, it could be replaced by the word nevertheless. And you, you, could, you can just open this next verse up here as saying, despite what everything else was saying, despite the hold that was put on the, the, uh, the, the preaching of the gospel, nevertheless, many of these people that were there and saw the healing that, that heard the name of Jesus mentioned and then saw the man get up and rise and walk, they heard the word of God. All those people around there, they have believed in what Peter and John were teaching and the number of those men were about 5,000. So despite the hold that the enemy tried to put on Peter and John and try and tried to put a hold and a stop to the preaching of the name of Jesus Christ and the gospel that Jesus Christ had came to this earth to give us, despite all of that, the 5,000 men that were around and their wives and children, the Bible says right here, nevertheless of the hold, nevertheless of Peter and John being arrested, nevertheless of the trouble that walked in by the religious folks, these people still believed, and that's where the church needs to be today, nevertheless the problem that comes up, nevertheless the division that tries to come in and all of Satan's efforts that he tries to bring into the church, the church needs to just look up and have a nevertheless moment and say despite what you're trying to do Satan I'm still going to believe what Jesus says and you can just play all your little tricks you want to but I'm my, I've got my mind made up and I'm determined that what I've heard about Jesus Christ is true so you're just too late so despite Satan's efforts to keep the goal of Christ from advancing many people had already believed and that's where the church needs to be they need to believe what Jesus says they need to believe the word of God and just despite whatever thing that the devil tries to throw your way, every little thing that the world trolls out, the news media and the government and all these other people that tries to lie to you and tell you something that Jesus ain't real and there's many ways to Christ and you can come to him through this, you can come to God through this and come to God through this. Oh no, none of those work. It's in the name of Jesus that we come to salvation. It's in the name of Jesus that we can reach the Father and only through the name
name of Jesus because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man will get to the Father except through me. And Peter and John had that down pat, and the church needs to get that down pat deep down in their soul today that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation so that we can have our hearts made up, our minds made up, and be a strong foundation for the Word of God to go forth in the world today. And when we move on to uh, verse number five there, and it says, and it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, that's these religious folks we were talking about, and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were the kindred of the high priest. So the high priest got every one of his relatives around the next day and gathered around together there at Jerusalem and then they set them, Peter in the midst, Peter and John, they stuck right in the middle of the high priest, all the people, all the religious folk and all their kinfolk, they throw Peter and John right in the middle. They surrounded them. They ganged up on them. They're trying to make it look like they're outnumbered and make it look like we're putting the pressure on them, putting the peer pressure down on them, trying to force them to go our way. We're going to put some put some pressure on you, and that's the way the world's doing today. The world is coming up against the church and trying to tell the church that, uh, you know, your way, you've been talking about Jesus long enough. You've been talking about the Bible long enough, and we don't like it, and we're putting pressure on you, and we don't want you talking about this name of Jesus anymore. But see what happened. They, they walked right over here, and they got ganged up around Peter and John, and they said, they asked this question and they, they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? And see, they're, they're asking this question here because they, they already know the answer. They know that Peter and John hung out with Jesus Christ. They know what name they were doing this by. They wanted the whole crowd that they gathered around. That's why they locked them up. They gave them a day or two to, to, to come around and, and take overnight to get all their family members around and get enough crowd around to intimidate them. And they so they said, uh, I want you to tell all my relatives right here, all these other religious folk that don't believe what you're preaching, tell them, speak that name in front of them and see what happens. And see, uh, they said, uh, they're, they're trying to say, by what manner have you done this? And it's, it's the man that got healed. A man's been healed by the name of Jesus right in front of him. You got to remember, this is what started the whole fuss back in the whole chapter of three about the, the lame man and the crippled man from birth getting up and walking. And everybody saw this. And now they're stand, they brought all the religious folks around to just get them to try to say, hey, I did this in the name of Jesus. <coughs> ain't that just like the devil wanting to sideline good things that happen and get people focused on anything as long as you're not focused on Jesus it's okay oh but church look at the next verse look at verse number 8 and we, we got to realize that numbers in the Bible mean something and I just got to believe that this number 8 this number 8 it means new beginning and uh, you look at number 8 here it says then Peter uh, despite all the stuff, despite the crowd gathering around, despite the attempt to uh, threaten them uh, with intimidation, despite the crowd gathering around them to make them feel little and belittled, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel... 
If we this day be examined of the good deeds done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, just let it be known unto all of you and to all the people of Israel. I can see Peter looking around, walking in circles, trying to get everybody's attention, saying, everybody pay attention to what I'm telling you. If I'm going to be put on trial today and everybody's going to gather around me and try to intimidate me, just let it be known to everybody standing around within the sound of my voice and y'all can go around and spread this too and tell everybody I said it. But by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole today. And this man, Jesus, is the stone which was set at naught of the builders, which has become the head and the cornerstone, and you guys rejected him. But neither is there salvation. Oh, Peter just goes on and on. See, this is what I like about Peter. See, they, they decided that they's going to gather around him and cause some problems with him. They're going to gather around him and intimidate him. But no, look at what Peter did. Oh, no. Look at look how Peter approached this situation. They asked him one question. They just wanted to know by what name that he had done this in. But no, he just went on and on and on. He told them by what name. Oh, he did share the name of Jesus really well. And he told them, you are the ones that crucified Jesus. But it went on here in verse 12 and he said, neither is there salvation in anybody else. You'll not find salvation in the, in the high priest of the church. You'll not find salvation in the Pharisees. You'll not find salvation in the Sadducees. No, there's only one name. No other name under heaven is given among men whereby which we must be saved except through Jesus Christ. And then you look here in verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, you know, some of us needs to get some boldness about us. Some of us needs to see the name of Jesus and, and get some boldness when he comes inside of us and not be afraid to spread the name of Jesus. <clears throat> but they said uh, right here when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived, they understood that these people were unlearned and ignorant men. They knew that they were the fishermen that were because they... They were those people that they knew were hanging out with Jesus and they marveled at them. They took knowledge of them. They're like, why, 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 why are they acting like this? They knew the reason why they were acting like this was because that they had been hanging out with Jesus. And see, people need to recognize that you and I have been hanging out with Jesus People need to be able to see that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords. He's King of Kings. He's the ruler of all things in this world. And they need to see Jesus Christ operating in us when we step into the room. They need to hear that Jesus Christ is on our hearts and our minds and our voices. Not let his name leave our lips when we're speaking. They need to understand that we got some boldness about us when it comes to our Lord and Savior. And they need to know that when we're talking about Jesus, we don't care how many people are against us because because if God is for us, who can be against us? God is enough and we don't need anybody else behind us trying to rally up behind us and get in a click and try to gang up and form some numbers so that we can have power. Oh no, the power of Jesus Christ and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's enough to give us plenty of power to talk about the name of Jesus. And look here on verse 14, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they had nothing to say. They couldn't come up against Peter and John, 
because the, the evidence of the power of Jesus Christ was standing right beside them. The power of God had already manifested through the words of Peter and John, through the name of Jesus Christ being invoked over the paralyzing problem that this man had, and the evidence is standing right beside him. And the, the high priest and all of them, they already recognized that 5,000 families was standing out there and they saw the whole thing. And now we can't just come up against these guys like we want to. So we're going to have to find something to do. You see, when you see the fruits of God's hand at work right in front of you, it's time to rejoice about the works of God and not try to gang up on somebody and shut down the works of God. But you see, when these religious folks here had commanded Peter and John what they'd done in verse 13, uh, verse 15, they told him to go off to the side. We got to go gossip about you a little bit. We got to come over here and confer a little bit and talk about you. See if we can't plot something against you while you ain't listening. We don't want you to hear what we're saying about you because we don't want you and all these people out here to hear what we're saying because we know the people have already laid eyes on a miracle that took place when you spoke the name of Jesus. So we're going to sneak off to the side where nobody can hear us whispering and see, oh Lord, help us when we decide Decide that we need to slip off with a group of folks and begin whispering and murmuring and judging and telling tales. Oh, the Bible calls it gossip, folks. It's a sin and it's a hell-bound offense, but we still see the religious folks just eating it up in the churches today. We got to have some drama all the time. Got to have a story to tell or, or life just can't go on. I got to have something to stir up and something to talk about. Come on, somebody. I know there's somebody out there can give me some witness. There got to be some amens right now talking right Right now on the other end of this microphone because I know that y'all, I ain't, I ain't got the only people around. I ain't seen the only churches that does that. It's happening everywhere, folks. And I want to tell you something. God calls that stuff sin today just like he did back then when Peter and John was facing it. But I want to tell you, verse 16 they're over here. They're confirming among each other. They're going, hey, we got to do something about these guys. They said, what shall we do to these men? Listen at this nonsense. Instead of rejoicing, hey, our buddy Bill out here, or whatever his name is, we don't really have his name right here in this chapter, but listen, our, I'm going to call him Bill just for the fact of the fact I'm in, I live in southern Tennessee, so I'm going to call the dude Bill, and so... Uh, they sitting over here conferring and go, hey, our buddy Bill that's, that's sat out there this whole time, all of his life, crippled and not able to walk and not able to have do anything for himself. He's been begging all of his life, but now our buddy Bill's up and he's running around. He can take care of himself now. We ought to be rejoicing. We ought to be going out and throwing a party. We ought to go kill the fatted calf and throw a big party and celebrate the fact that this name Jesus has set this man free. So there ought to be something about this name Jesus we should be thinking about and turning our own minds toward and learning more about this man Jesus. But no, that ain't what they did. They went in the went in the room despite the the miracle that took place right in front of them. They stepped off in the room over in the corner and they said, what are we going to do about these men? For the, indeed a notable miracle has been done by them and it's made manifest to everybody that dwells in Jerusalem and there's no way we can deny this miracle. So what are we going to do? See, I can't help but to think but just sit here about these guys and and see what these guys are thinking. They're going, oh, you know, I've been high priest for a long time and we've had all of Israel uh, following us and following our leadership and listening to us. We've been good leaders all of our life up until this point in time when Jesus come around and now our positions have been threatened and, and now we, we're under the fire 
we're here because we ain't never healed anybody like that. And our buddy Bill's been sitting out there in front of the temple all these years expecting God to do something. And, and under our leadership, God ain't never done nothing for him. But this fisherman walks up in here. This uneducated fisherman just speaks the name of Jesus. And the guy gets up and starts walking. Our positions are threatened, guys. And we've even crucified this dude. And they're still speaking his name. And stuff's still happening. And he ain't even here anymore. It's just the people he talked to use his name and he's still manifesting miracles. So what are we going to do with this man? What are we going to do with these guys here that's talking about him? And see, instead of instead of partying with them, that's what they want to do. They want to tear up, tear up the things that God did. But look here in verse 17. They said, so that it don't spread any further among the people. Uh, here, listen to what the foolishness is they're doing here. So that it don't spread among the other people and go any further than what it already has. Let's just go out there and threaten them. Let's go out there and threaten them. Let's threaten their lives. We got a big crowd of our family members and a big crowd of the priests circled around them. We'll just go out there and threaten them and tell them you can't talk about him anymore. We're just going to put you in a in a fear tactic. Ain't that something Satan likes to use fear against you? Does that sound familiar to anybody? I don't like the outcome, so I'll just threaten you and see if I can't get you to stop that way, or I'll <coughs> or I'll give you the silent treatment or. Or maybe, yes, I'll just call Sister Bertha better than you and get the gossip going on at the church and I'll show them I don't like what's happening going on around here. I'll put some sort of threat or fear on you and I'll, I'll, I'll just isolate you off to the side where you're not important anymore and then maybe you'll shut up and you'll quit using this name, Jesus. Oh, but look here, verse 18. It says, so they, the religious folk, they came back out. They came out of the little little gossip party and they came back out in front of the people and came back out in front of their kinfolk and all the people and they gathered around, put Peter and John right back out in the middle again and got in that intimidated position and they commanded them. They spoke to them, said, you're not going to talk or teach about the name of Jesus anymore. We're threatening you right now. I, I can see them getting right in their face and pointing their finger. And Peter's looking right down that finger, that big bony finger of, of the high priest. And, and as he threatens them and tells them, you're under command by the high priest of the temple not to talk about Jesus anymore. And look here in verse 19, and I like the way it starts out. That word, but. That word, but, is a negating word that, that says, despite everything else that's been said uh, previous to this word right here, just wipe it out because it don't mean anything anymore. Because this, uh, whatever I'm going to say after this is what we need to pay attention to and everything else. So this verse is saying that Peter and John didn't pay any attention to the threats at all. They've not been affected by the power of Satan at all out of this uh, up to this point. It says in verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, talking about those religious folks gathered around them, threatening them, Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, more than unto God, you can judge that among yourself, boys. You can deal with the consequences of trying to threaten me if you want to. But verse 20, he says, For we cannot but to speak the things which we have seen and heard uh, under the teaching of Jesus Christ. See, in other words, your negative sidetracking efforts, they're not going to slow me down. I plan on doing these things just like I always have done since Jesus Christ called me out of my fishing boat and told me to follow him and he'll make 
make me fishers of men. I'm going to follow Jesus. And you can take a chance with eternity following whoever you want to or whatever you want to, but I'm going to follow Jesus. And I can see Peter thinking about those same words that Jesus used on him when he looks at him and says, I'm not falling for your witchcraft, Satan. Get behind me. You're a hindrance. I can just see him with that thought in his mind while he's looking the high priest right in the eye. And he says, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me. And he's just telling him, you know, it, whether it be of uh, whether it be right to follow God and listen to him or to listen to you, you can judge that among yourself. But I done got my mind made up. I'm following Jesus Christ and y'all can deal with this any way you want to or how you think you got the ability to do with it. But you're not going to shut my mouth up. You're not going to stop me from talking about Jesus. And see, we look here at the last verse of this chapter. The very last verse, verse 21 so when they, those religious folks, have further threatened them, say so they've done it again, they further threatened them again, it says they let them go. Why? Because they couldn't do nothing about them. The power of God, the power of Jesus on their life, and the power of the Holy Ghost, where Peter spoke in authority, John spoke in authority, there was too many people around. The evidence of the, of the name of Jesus Christ was right in front of them, and over 5,000 families were sitting right there and saw the whole thing. There was no way that they could dick that they could change what people had already seen and what people had already believed. And I want to tell you something, church, when you just get out with a boldness and you start sharing the name of Jesus and the results of name of Jesus being spread around and the results of Jesus getting in people's lives starts changing and, and affecting people's lives and, and bringing them to a place of repentance and, re, and fixing the lives of people, dropping chains off of families and, and breaking strongholds and tearing down walls that Satan's built up in their lives. When in the name of Jesus starts tearing down all that stuff and building the crowd of believers around you. It don't matter what the world says. It don't matter how much the world comes up against you. The devil can do nothing about it because the people have already seen the truth. The evidence of the power of Jesus Christ is right in front of them and the devil can't do anything. You look at the last part of that verse. It says they let them go because they couldn't find a way to punish them. Why? Because of the people. The people that saw the evidence of Jesus Christ in the life and that last line for all men glorified God for that which was done we all got to realize when we see God perform a miracle when we see God do something wonderful in somebody's life we need to glorify God for what's been done and not let the devil move in and try to sidetrack us and derail us and take away from what God has done we need to celebrate and throw our hands up and worship the creator and worship our God the father and Jesus Christ and say glory be to God for what you've just done here by your hand and your hand alone. Thank God that you've moved in this man's life or this woman's life and been able to do this miracle today. We praise you, God, and we give you glory and honor for it. And that way we just step on the devil's head and crush everything he tries to come up against us. And some of us, we need to just look at the devil and say, is that all you got? Is that all you can throw at me? I'm just telling you, devil, you ain't got nothing you can come up against me that Jesus ain't already defeated. And I know you ain't scared of me, but you're terrified and scared to death of the one that's living in me. And you know you can't lay a hand on me because Jesus has got his hands wrapped around me. I'm protected by his Holy Spirit. And you just got to get 
out of my way and let me do what thus saith the Lord has told me to do because you got no authority over me. You got no place in my life anymore. Jesus took me away from you and I ain't ever coming back. Praise be to God. Church, I want to tell you one thing. If you ain't got your mind made up today, you need to get in a place where you make a decision just like Joshua did. You can decide if you're going to follow the gods of your fathers. You're going to decide if you're going to follow Baal or Buddha or Muhammad or all them other people. If you want to follow them, go follow them people. But Jesus Christ is the only way to God the Father and the only way into heaven. Just uh, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And y'all can do what you want to, but I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to lift his name up and praise him today. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Church, if you don't, if there's anybody out there listening today that don't have this boldness, that don't have, maybe you ain't even got Jesus Christ in your life, I want to invite you to, if, it, if the God has worked on your heart, if you're feeling the, the pull of the Holy Spirit on you today, if you've listened to this message and God's tugging on you and letting you know you need to make a decision, I want you to bow down where you're at right now and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, invite Him to come in and give you this same boldness that this preacher's preaching about, the same boldness that Peter and John had that where they was wrapped around with all the enemy trying to tear them down and they stood up with a loud voice and said, I'll declare the name of Jesus anyway. We all need that boldness. So if you haven't received him, I'm going to tell you, you need to ask Jesus in your heart right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I know that I need forgiveness and I believe that the that you came onto this earth to die for me, to pay the price for my sins and that God resurrected you from the dead and I'm resurrected with you by faith right now. And according to your word, I'm saved and I receive you and I want you to lead me in my life from this day forward and come in and take charge and give me the boldness of Peter and John right now so that I can declare your word and you can transform my mind, transform my heart and change the way I've been living from this day forward in the name of Jesus. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer, you're born again. If you prayed it with sincerity and you've truly asked God in your heart, Jesus has told us that all of heaven is rejoicing, that the angels are rejoicing because of it. Thanks be unto God that you've made that choice today. Listen, I want to thank you for tuning in today. Praise God that you're here receiving the Word of God, and we'll see you the next time here on Holding Fast to Faith.